I'm Shahar Azani, and this is Israel at War. Following Hamas's barbaric attack on Israel on October 7, 2023, Israel continues with its offensive against Hamas in Gaza. This especially vile terrorist organization is using, as we all know, human shields as a strategy and embeds itself among ordinary civilians, which presents a considerable challenge for the Israel Defense Forces. This week, the IDF reached Ashifa Hospital in Gaza, one of the milestones of this war, in a move which draw criticism from some international organizations and members of the media. Tune in to a special video released by the IDF spokesperson unit detailing what was found at the hospital upon entry. So we're inside the MRI center of the Shifa Hospital. Israeli troops breached here a few hours ago and we have cleared the area, make sure that it's safe. And a few of the most interesting things that we have found totally confirm, without any doubt, that Hamas systematically uses hospitals in their military operations in violation of international law. And what we have found, I think, is only the tip of the iceberg. Let me show you a few examples. Security cameras have been obstructed. All of the security cameras are uh, covered, and this isn't the only one. You'll see the rest of them here. I don't know when it was used the last time, but it is definitely an MRI machine. And if you follow me behind the MRI machine, I'll show you what our troops exposed just minutes ago. In military terms, this is a grab bag, grab and go of a Hamas combatant. There is a, an AK-47, there are cartridges, am ammo, uh, there are uh, grenades in here, of course, uniform, and all of that. this was hidden very conveniently, secretly behind the MRI machine. We tried to uncover the cameras, but all of the cameras have been obstructed. You can see there's black uh, tape covering it. And when our troops open this uh, closet here, which is in the main part of the clinic, this is what they found. The contents of the bag are full military kit for one Hamas terrorist. A live grenade, ammunition, fighting vest with insignia, boots and of course uniforms, and last but not least, standard AK-47. Inside the hospital, hidden in a secluded area. Let's have a look at what we found inside the very same cabinet. There's insignia, military insignia, a knife. For those of you who read Arabic, you'll be able to uh, understand what it says here. But it's uh, Hamas, the military wing, Kataib al-Qassam, of course, a vest with equipment, and as always, an AK-47, standard gear, grab and go, tactical radio communications, which we will analyze, and a computer, which at first glance already provides a lot of incriminating uh, evidence. Joining us all the way from Israel is our good friend, Ambassador Danny Ayalon. Thank you, Danny, for joining us all the way from Israel. How are you doing, first and foremost? I'm fine. Thank you, Shahal. My pleasure. Well, the whole family is mobilized. My youngest daughter is with a paratroop. She was uh, called to her uh, um, reserve duty when the war started more than a month ago. My wife and other daughter are raising a lot of funds for Magen David Adom. 
And I'm trying humbly to do whatever I can do with uh, some interviews to the international media. And thank you for doing that because we were just mentioning in the introduction about the uh, IDF's operation in Gaza and the entry into Ashifa Hospital. And there is much confusion up, out there as to uh, an army entering a hospital. So if you could please just provide some factual elaboration for our viewers so that they understand what is Ashifa Hospital and what exactly is happening that the IDF is entering a hospital. So we have to understand the Shifa hospital is a complex of 14 different buildings. It's a huge area which has all turned into a Hamas headquarters and a Hamas bunker and underground their um, Hamas headquarters, command and control, um, munitions, and a lot of was was just uh, dug out and, and, and found. Now, uh, also it should be noted that uh, whether it's a hospital or any other place that was taken over or is taken over by a terror organization, then it's no longer uh, under any kind of immunity. This is something which is, has to be very clear. This is the Geneva Convention. Now, Israel did not bomb the hospital, did not storm into the hospital. Out of this complex, um, uh, Israeli special troops entered one building out of this 14, and they pre-advised the, the staff that they are coming, so there won't be any shooting. It was a very painstaking operation. Um, the soldiers that went in, they uh, had um, Arab-speaking uh, uh, soldiers with medical crews, and uh, they brought in a lot of medical uh, crews and equipment to the hospital, and um, there were no shootings in the hospital. Um, the only shooting took place outside of the main entrance where five uh, Hamas terrorists tried to block the, the soldiers coming in and they shot at them. They all were killed. All these five terrorists were killed. And since then, the, um, the, uh, the, the operation went very smoothly and they went from room to room uh, questioning uh, the staff. They really wanted to s get some info and intelligence about our uh, hostages. Um, unfortunately, hostages were not found there. Hamas had enough time to uh, move them out, but it was obvious that um, many of the hostages were taken into the Shifa uh, after this um, uh, terrible um, slaughter of the October 7th about 200 Hamas terrorists with uh, kidnapped Israelis went into the Shifa, uh, but they had enough time uh, to move them uh, probably to, to other places. In any case, right now, in this one building, out of 14 buildings of the Shifa complex, um, IDF is there, no casualties, no one is hurt from the staff, nor uh, from the, the patients over there, they did find uh, underneath um, a, um, a tunnels, command and control center, um, a lot of weapons, and everything is out there in, in, on, on record. Um, but the, the IDF is still there. So the, the, uh, the, the first important point, I mean, you're, you're making excellent points, but I just want to make it clear to our viewers. Under international law, the fact that Hamas is abusing a Shifa complex as a military command and control center 
that means that it's a legitimate target for any army and for the Israeli Defense Forces in their offensive against terrorist organization Hamas. That's correct? Absolutely. And um, I, I also would uh, um, remind everybody, uh, hospitals in Mosul and Fallujah uh, during the uh, Daesh, the war against ISIS, when ISIS used these hospitals in Iraq, these hospitals, hospitals were bombed by allied forces, which is fine, again, which is legitimate um, target. Uh, legitimate. A, right. a target according to Geneva Convention. I, Israel did not storm any hospital. They did not bomb. We could have bombed it from the air. We did not do it. it Quite the contrary. We moved special operations with medical supplies, with doctors, and, you know, looking from room to room without hurting anybody. Quite the contrary. They brought in a lot of medical supplies. They went down all the way to the underground... Um, bunkers that Hamas built, and they found there lots of weapons, lots of uh, um, equipment, military equipment, and they, it's all recorded now. It's all now, recorded. this is only one, one out of 14. So there are 13 more buildings to go, probably in the same painstaking way. By the way, we put our own soldiers at risk. Exactly. I was going to ask you that, because what you're saying is that such an operation, you can imagine the the delicacy of exposing IDF soldiers to that risk, bearing in mind the fact that Israel is letting them know that we're coming. So Israel is coming, Absolutely. they get they get head notice, they get time to evacuate and maybe maybe booby trap some of the uh, bunkers there. Absolutely. And, and it's also all reported how the IDF is calling the hospital, telling them we are coming in. Do not worry. We're only going after the Hamas terrorists. Uh, we are not going to shoot. No um, accidental uh, engagements. And it is indeed a, uh, a risk to our soldiers. Now, I will let you know also one thing, Shahar, which is very important. Hamas has hoped for a, a, a bloodbath. Hamas, all Hamas wanted is to see pictures of Israeli soldiers killing uh, um, civilians or patients at the hospital. This is what they wanted to see. We understood it quite well. This is also a war about the legitimacy. And, and this is why we took our time. See, the ground operation started more than two weeks ago. Uh, but we were moving very, very slowly uh, in order to clear out a path in order to take out all the terrorists with their bunkers outside the Shifa. They have a the whole perimeter. Um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, protecting themselves. Right. So Israel, on a on a very slow pace, in order first and foremost to uh, protect our soldiers, to minimize casualties on our side, but also to minimize casualties on uninvolved Gazans. And um, this uh, operation has gotten into the core of Shifa last night. But as I repeat again. Shifa is a complex of 14 different buildings. So far, only one building was penetrated with no casualties whatsoever for uh, Israeli soldiers and no casualties on the patients or the medical staff. The only um, uh, killed uh, were five terrorists of Hamas outside this building that tried to prevent is uh, the Israeli forces to move in.
Right. Um, and, and the anticipation is that the Israel Defense Forces will go through the rest of the complex in their attempts to identify Hamas's personnel and hopefully some clues for the whereabouts of Israeli hostages? Absolutely. And again, unfortunately, they had enough uh, lead time. Uh, so most of them fled. By the way, what also uh, uh, our soldiers found in the underneath the underground bunkers a lot of um, Hamas terrorist uniforms. All right. Evidently, they just exchange, you know, quickly changed from uniforms to some civilian clothing, and many of them probably left, you know, on this um, humanitarian corridor that uh, Israel created from uh, Gaza City down south. Down south. You know, Danny, you're one of the most experienced um, Israeli officials to appear on international media. And we know that the facts that you're describing are so straightforward as far as understanding the situation. And yet in communicating it to the world, um, many elements within the media are, let's just say, not very favorable towards Israel. We've seen the BBC's mistake when they actually announced on the air um, misquoted the IDF spokesperson when they said that the IDF is targeting um, medical personnel, especially Arab speakers, whereas, as you say, the IDF was bringing in medical personnel, including Arab speakers. How do you propose um, people overcome this gap in, of information that exists in trying to understand what's happening beyond, of course, watching JBS? What else can we do to make sure that people get the message that you are so eloquently sharing with us? Well, they should all demand uh, first-hand information on record that cannot be falsified. Uh, the records, the horrendous um, uh, graphics that we have from uh, the slaughter on October 7th cannot be falsified and cannot be... Uh, um, let's say ignored or um, right. just casually be, uh, you know, Set aside. put into fake right. news. Same thing is with the IDF operation, and uh, the same thing with the Shifa entrance. I think this is what uh, should uh, everybody demand and look into uh, various uh, uh, sources. IDF spokesman is a very, very reliable uh, uh, source sometimes um, at the cost of uh, losing the first uh, news cycle. Just like three weeks ago, Shachar, if you remember, when the Palestinians bombed their own hospital and they Allah blamed Hadi, Israel. Right. Exactly. And the IDF was not uh, quick to, uh, to deny because they checked and double-checked before they came out with the evidence. So just look for the evidence, not the reports. For evidence, IDF has a lot of evidence on record and um, I would say also some other media sources that are on the ground, they collect information, and uh, JBS is always a reliable source. And especially when we're having you on. Um, Ambassador, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about what you just mentioned, about the videos, the graphics of the, of the massacre that occurred on October 7th. And every day we find more atrocious details, more footage is coming out. And yet it seems that the... Um, too many people out there in the world are quick to forget um, or even ignore. We've heard that the parliament in Belgium refused to, to screen, you know, the horror film provided by Israel to its members. In, in light of this ignorance of Israel's pain and suffering, 
How do you propose Israel breaches that gap of information? If they're unwilling to see it, what more can be done? Especially when, as you well know, some people argue that it's Israeli AI that manufactured those images. What a horrible accusation. Right. Well, I, I would say what we should concentrate is, first of all, on our friends and allies, like in the United States, like right. in many countries in Europe. Uh, we should concentrate on those who are undecided, those who are on the fence, to show them the, the, the facts. And we should totally ignore um, countries like Belgium, which are, I would say, it's anti-Semitic in their approach. Uh, so the, the countries that, uh, like Turkey, you know, right. accusing us of uh, massacre instead of the others, you know, it's just all fake news. It's... Uh, and we should ignore it altogether. We there is no way we can win in the Arab media, in the Al Jazeera's of uh, the world. Right. Uh, BBCs, I think we should still give it a fight because uh, they uh, accuse us and then they apologize, right. accuse us again. Uh, but we should call them out all the time, uh, like we have in the past. And um, and the one thing I think the entire world should demand from BBC is to call them for what they are. They would not utter the word terrorist, uh, you know, adjacent to uh, to Hamas. Hamas is a terror organization worse than ISIS. Agreed. And they're still not calling them a terror organization. This BBC should be called out. But uh, with all the other uh, Arab media or anti-Semitic uh, uh, info that we get in Turkey, or there's, I wouldn't waste any time with them. Um, Danny, I want to ask you um, specifically about the current situation vis-a-vis the hostages. Uh, clearly, Hamas knew very well what they were doing in dragging you know, the elderly, children, babies, families back into the darkness of Gaza um, and its uh, ability to kind of hold it against Israel knowing um, the history and how much we care about our people. Where do we stand on this? Is this still considered to be one of the major goals of the Israeli war uh, against Hamas? And what's being done to the best of what can be shared now? No, absolutely. This is uh, the major goal. I mean, we have actually the, the two major goals is, of course, to uh, actually dismantle Hamas and to free the hostages. And they are on an equal base in terms of the importance. The thing is about the tactics. Some said, well, maybe we should negotiate with Hamas. They tried and failed. And the other tactic, which has vindicated itself, is only to put pressure on Hamas with a ground operation and more military pressure on Hamas, that makes them rethink and negotiate um, on, on, on better terms. Uh, so far, we have not uh, uh, breached the gap. And, and again, it's cruel, it's ruthless, but Hamas is trading with its uh, hostages uh, uh, in the most, I would say, uh, cruel, but very... Uh, um, cold and calculated way. All Hamas wants is to buy time so they can regroup. And this is where they have tried to uh, just uh, trickle, you know, uh, drip, drip uh, uh, hostages, like five a day, two a day, you know, so they can, uh, and, and of course, during this uh, release of two, three a day, they demanded ceasefire. With ceasefire, they regroup, of course, and rearm. And Israel cannot uh, accept that with the military operation going as uh, it, it is, very successfully and on schedule, now they are upping the numbers. And uh, Israel's demand is very clear. 
all for all, it means release all the hostages, regardless of nationality, of gender, of age, and everything else. And Israel is willing to release all these terrorists that are in Israeli jail. Now, thousands of them. Hamas does not want it. You know, they they want to use them as a... Uh, Life you know, insurance. As a, as a living. Yes. Uh, so this is, this is still where the negotiations are going. Um, it's too bad that there's not enough pressure on the international organizations like the UN and ICRC, you know, the um, International Red Cross. The International Red Cross, uh, we expect them to be there, whether they are uh, called or not. But the demand should be, first of all, to get a, um, a list of the hostages. Right. We did not even get a list of the hostages. All we have is through intelligence that we have gathered. But again, this is something which is inhumane against uh, all uh, uh, international conventions. And it's another war crime of, of Hamas. Not only they have not released the, the, uh, the list of uh, who they uh, hold in uh, custody, they do not allow ICRC to visit them to see their conditions. Right. And um, so this is one thing that uh, ICRC and the international community has failed to do. The other thing is to really put the pressure on Hamas. And most of the negotiations, Shafar, are being held through Qatar. Qatar is the, um, the, the country which has the most leverage over Hamas. Without Qatar uh, financing and political support, Hamas would not uh, be in existence. And I think there's a lot of pressure that has not been uh, brought to bear on Qatar to, uh, to put their uh, pressure on uh, on Hamas. If Qatar stood to lose out of uh, failed negotiations, maybe they would have been more aggressive and demanding Hamas to release the hostages. This has not happened yet. So we are now in this fog of negotiations, if if you will, and this is terrible. Uh, it's very taxing. It's inhuman for the families of the um, right. of uh, the kidnapped of the refugee of the. Um, Hostages. Hostages for almost a month and a half. You know, it's, it's an incredible point in time where we see so clearly from these organizations, the UN and the international community, that when it comes to uh, Israeli hostages, Jewish Israeli, um, there is simply not an ounce of sympathy. They're not even fulfilling their mission when it comes to Israeli hostages. You don't hear anybody decrying the fact that 10-month-old, you know, baby Kfir Bibas is held by Hamas for such a long time, and yet you're so quick to demand the ceasefire to uh, support Hamas, which is an incredible moment of, of actual clarity, to be honest. You know, it's a moment where we see clearly where these organizations are, but it's also very sad for us as humanity and as a society. We deal with sheer evil. You cannot call them uh, animals. Right. Animals are, are I love animals. innocent. Yeah, to them. I agree. They are just monsters. It's sheer evil. And this is, uh, this is what we face. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, uh, we also now have evidence that uh, one of the, uh, of the hostages uh, gave birth to a baby right. in captivity. In captivity. Can you imagine coming into the world in that darkness? Um, Danny, you mentioned Qatar. Where is Iran when it comes to this? I vaguely remember a, uh, an offer by the kind Iranians offering to host the hostages in Tehran. Are they an integral part of the game as much as Qatar? Who holds more of a leverage and who is more relevant in these discussions? 
it's Qatar. It, it's it's only Qatar, and uh, all the pressure should be on them. Uh, Iran and the Ayatollahs, in this case, are are irrelevant. Uh, um, they are the mastermind of uh, all the instability and wars and terrorism in the Middle East. But uh, in this specific case of the uh, um, of the hostages, it's only Qatar. Iran couldn't care less. Um, Iran couldn't care less about. Uh, any um, of its proxies here, you know, they're fighting till the last Palestinian, till the last Lebanese with Hezbollah, till the last uh, Yemen right. and, the, and the Houthis. Uh, the Iranians are very careful not to get involved directly, only through the proxies. Do you expect a larger scale operation on the side of Israel in the northern front, based on what we've seen this past week with the killing of, you know, uh, attacking workers of the electrical company in Israel, innocent civilians who were doing infrastructure work, um, also quite a few soldiers were hit and hurt uh, on the northern front? Well, that, that would depend on how and when the operation and the war in Gaza will end. Uh, the way it will end, which I believe with the dismantling of uh, Hamas, that uh, would be a lesson to to Hezbollah, that they could come next if they do not fulfill their international obligations under um, uh, UN Security Council Revolu uh, Resolution 1701. They should be actually outside, uh, you know, with the perimeter. You know, they should not be on the border. Uh, in fact, they should be dismantled. 1701 called for the uh, dismantling of unauthorized militias, right. iron militias in Lebanon, and, and actually give the sovereignty back to the Lebanese government. Um, so I believe that the demand would be uh, for Hezbollah to clear away the border, to move north beyond the Litani River, so there will be a security zone for Israel. But right. there is no way that we can allow Hezbollah terrorists to be smack dead against our uh, fence, um, settlement, uh, towns and villages in the north. You're right. I just want to ask you: the final goal of this war is dismantling Hamas as a viable force militarily and politically on our southern border. So for them, there is no horizon. Like beyond this war, they're no longer going to be in control of the Islamic Caliphate that they created in the Gaza Strip. Is that still the goal of Israel in this war? Oh, absolutely. With Hamas, there is no negotiation. Uh, there is no coexistence. They do not want it, and they are the ones who have declared the war and started it. So they will have to be actually neutralized altogether. If we want to ever have any uh, prospects for peace, we cannot have Hamas-type, ISIS-type, uh, organizations. At the end of the day, uh, Israel does not uh, have any intentions to uh, um, repossess uh, Gaza, but there may be an interim uh, period by, by which uh, we will have to uh, control the security uh, situation over there, create a buffer zone. No more we will have uh, Gazan people at our border. There will have to be a, a perimeter and uh, someone else will have to govern Gaza, whether it's the Palestinian Authority, which is very weak at this point, right. maybe some international or an Arab legal, an Arabic structure for administration for the time being until, until at the end of the day, we'll have to have elections in Gaza. And elections in Gaza, not like in 2006, 
Hamas should not be participating because it's a terror organization. Right. Uh, only uh, political parties which do not have an armed militia, you know, you cannot really go with bullets into the ballots. And, and we have a very good example in Bosnia in 1995 after this um, bloody war. Uh, elections in Bosnia that took place under some international um, supervision um, uh, prescribed that only prescribed that only legitimate parties can run, and anyone who wanted to run had to disarm if they were a militia. This should be the the, the case also in Gaza. We didn't make this. Uh, I mean, we did try to make the point, but unfortunately, at that time. Um, the international community forced on us. And I re clearly remember my good friend Condoleezza Rice, which was the Secretary of State, demanded on elections and uh, without the demand that they will uh, disarm right. before they run to elections. Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you. We thank you for your strength, resilience, optimism and wise analysis, especially during these dire times um, that we all go through. Thank you so much. Shahar, you are too kind. Thank you. Stay safe. Sending you and your family the best wishes. We're all with you. And just know that we are with the people of Israel during these times, thinking about you and doing our best to stand by the people of Israel. And to all of our thank viewers, I'd like to say thank you so much for watching. We will continue to update you here on JBS as things move forward in Israel, which is always important to remember and remind is not just about Israel and Hamas, but has a great moral strategic ramifications for Israel and for the entire world. May we see better days. I'm Shahar Azani, and thank you all for watching.